If you're just joining us today, if this is your first time with us, uh, we are in week three of a series that we're in, we've entitled DNA. DNA. And I think it's fitting because, <clears throat> you know, today we, has been mentioned, is today is the Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. Um, if you didn't know this, this was set into place by President Reagan on uh, Sunday, January 22nd of 1984 as the National Sanctity of Human Life Day. Reagan said this, he said, I call upon the citizens of this blessed land to gather on the day in the homes and the places of worship to give thanks for the gift of life and to reaffirm our commitment to the dignity of every human being and the sanctity of each human life. When it says the dignity of every human being and each human life, listen, there's something, and this wasn't planned, but it just happened to happen. When we're talking about a DNA, we as, as Christians, as people here, at least at this church, this isn't part of my message, but it makes sense. There is a unique DNA in every single human being that has been conceived. Whether they're inside the womb or outside the womb, they have a unique DNA that sets them apart from anyone else who's ever lived or who will ever live. And we believe that. We know that. That, that they have different eyes, different ears, different nose, different mouth, different tastes, different likes, different dislikes, different giftings, different everything. That you cannot find somebody that is identical, and any, even identical twins have different DNA. So it, as I'm thinking of that, that's, that goes in well with our series today because the same way that every person is different, that's why we stand for human life, that the same way is true about churches. Is there's a unique DNA to every single church. And that's not to say there's something wrong with the church next door or there's something wrong with that church over there. There's nothing wrong. They're just different. They're unique. So one of the things we've been trying to do is explain our DNA in a way to try to, try to break it down to explain to you where, where our heart ticks. What our, Pastor Jeff said last week, our traits, who we are, unique to us. So the first week, Pastor, Je uh, Pastor Scott talked to us about worship. And what a great first priority to have is to worship him. Not just here in the service, although that's part of it, but the worship with our lives. That he is worthy of our worship. He is worthy of our time. He is worthy of our energy. He's worthy of our gifts. He's worthy of everything that we have. He is worthy and we worship him. We put him at the, the centerpiece of our lives. And then Pastor Jeff spoke to us last week about fellowship. Fellowship. You know, God loves fellowship, and he loves when his, his people are together in unity. He loves that. He, his heart, God's heart for unity and fellowship is like, he just, he, listen, he designed it that way. That's what he designed. The enemy wants division. The Lord wants fellowship. And that's not just like Pastor Jeff says, it's not just eating donuts and coffee, although that is part of it. Amen. I love that fellowship. It's not just that. 
It's, it's in your day-to-day life. It's in your, it's in your small groups. It's in the church. It's outside the church. It's throughout the time fellowship is needed. There's only one PCF. I always tell people it's funny. Uh, and, and that's not that there's only one Central Baptist. But it's funny when people come to PCF and they, they, they'll be here for a season, they'll be here for a time, and they'll, maybe they'll move out of state. And we always, don't we always get these calls? And they say to us, Pastor Jeff, Pastor Josh, whatever, I just, I can't find a church like PCF. And here's the truth. You might find one that has a similar structure and, you know, as far as leadership goes. You may find one that has, as a, you know, maybe they have even a building that's similar to ours. You may find one that has preaching that's similar or even similar beliefs, if not the same. But there's only one Pioneer Christian Fellowship. You're not going to find another Pioneer Christian Fellowship. You'll find another church, but you won't find another Pioneer Christian Fellowship. And then when you get there and you like that one, you won't find another one either. So today I want to talk about, as we talk about our DNA with with worship and fellowship, today I want to talk to you about ministry. If you're taking notes down, just write that down, ministry. And I'm sure for some of you, you're sitting here and you're thinking, well, of course ministry is a part of a church. You're a church. That's what church is supposed to do. But what I think that's absolutely true, obviously. But what I want to uh, kind of show you today is maybe something you haven't thought about before. Maybe it's a way of looking at ministry that maybe you hadn't, hadn't thought of prior to this day coming. Maybe you were raised in a certain way that, you know, ministry means one certain thing. Well, I want to get you into the idea of this church, what makes us tick when it comes to ministry. And it may be different than what you were raised or what you may, um, you know, just preconceive on your own. So let's start off with defining ministry. We, we want to know what it, what it means, right? We want to find out what does ministry mean. So there are two words that are in the Greek when it's in the New Testament about ministry. I'm not going to try to pronounce them, but they're on the screen so that you can see them, okay? I didn't, I didn't even try. So, but look, the first one is to serve. That's simple, right? You would think, oh, there must be some deeper meaning to ministry, to serve. And then the other one is to serve as a slave. It's funny, I was looking into it, and you can look throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, anytime this word ministry is used, it's always used as serving. Serving, doing something. In fact, in some ways, they could look at it as being like wiping the table, cleaning tables is ministry. So if ministry, because in your head you're thinking, well, ministry must be for the, you know, all the religious you know, teachers and stuff. No, ministry is to serve. It's as simple as that. And it reminds me of what Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 20, 27 through 28. It's also in Mark. But he says this in 27. He says, and whoever wants to be uh, first must be a slave. Just as the Son of Man, that's Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as the ransom of many. He did not come to be ministered to. He came to minister. He came to serve. He came to be a slave for us. Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to serve. Think about that for a moment. God in the flesh, if anyone is worthy... It's him to be served. And God comes in the flesh as an example to us 
of what ministry really looks like. And ultimately, we see at the end of it is that Jesus gives his life for the ransom of many. We know that he gave his life on the cross. So this morning, you're probably thinking, okay, well, ministry is important to PCF. That makes sense. You're the minister. But I want to play a game with you because I think our minds sometimes get a little confused. I want to play a game with you called Who's the Minister? What I'm going to do is I'm going to show you a picture on the screen, and I want you to show, tell me who is the minister in that photo. You ready? All right, let's start with the first one. Who's the minister? Joel Olstein. Some of you found that. I, listen, none of this is like saying I like these people. I'm not advocating for anyone on the screen. I just knew that you would recognize that person, right? He's a famous preacher, Joel Olstein. Let's do the next one. Joyce Meyer. Joyce Meyer is a, you know, she's had a lot of work done on her face, but that is Joyce Meyer. <laughs> awesome lady of the Lord. I'm, I, I won't doubt that. Uh, I was wondering if you guys would say somebody else, but uh, yeah, she's the minister. Let's do the next one. T.D. Jakes. T.D. T.D. Jakes. I don't know who he's with, but I found a picture with some random people. They, who knows? All right, next one. Let's do the next one. Ooh, this one's a little tricky. Billy Graham. Does anybody know who he's with? Not true. I heard it. DC Talk. Yes, not Newsboys. This is pre, pre-Newsboys. This is pre, well, Newsboys was still around, but they had their other, other guy singing, and now it's Tate. But anyway, yeah, Billy Graham. There you go. And how about this last one? People are like saying, Pastor Jeff, Pastor Josh, maybe I heard some elders thrown in there. Listen, listen, I'm going to tell you this right now. Listen, every single human being that you saw that has said yes to Jesus is a minister. Every single human being in this photo who has said yes to Jesus, no matter how young they are or how old they are, they are a minister of the gospel. That's kind of shocking for some of us because the truth is, we like to think, we th- like to think ministry, we think vocational. We think, oh, it's the guy who gets paid to do that, or the guy who wrote the book, or the guy that's on the television screen. We think that's the real minister because of the title and what they do for a living. But who's the minister? Look at your neighbor and say, you're the minister. The DNA of PCF isn't just ministry for me, Jeff, Scott, the elders. Our idea of ministry is that we are all included in ministry. Ministry is what makes us tick because we're all ministers. And in Ephesians, I think Paul explains this very well in Ephesians chapter 4. He says this in verse 11, he says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. But listen, verse 12, this is where it changes. For the equipping of the saints to do the work of 
ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, so we have apostles, we have prophets, we have evangelists, we have pastors, we have teachers, and what is their job to do? Equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Who are the saints? You're the saints. So what is our job as pastors, as elders, as, as their, their different roles but there were all ministers. So we're ministering also. It doesn't, it's not like I'm not a minister. We're all ministers. But we're ministering to you to equip you so that you can be raised up and go out. That's the whole purpose of what we're doing right here. That's what Jeff, Scott, myself, anybody that stands in this pulpit, we are trying to equip you for ministry. So when the church, this is where we've gotten confused. When we look at the church and we say, we say the only ministers are the people that are on TV preaching or the local pastor as a minister or as the worship leader as a minister or as the youth pastor as a loser. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm the youth pastor, so that helps. Um, the point is, is that we have a bad habit of seeing other people as the ministers, but not ourselves. I have this illustration I wanted to show you. It's a cinder block. There's nothing, there's no, there's no, nothing hanging from it. I'm not doing anything crazy. But I wanted to show you this. If you were to take one can, and this is what we do with, with ministry. We take the one guy, one pastor, one minister. We say, here you are, and you need to take on the weight of everything else. And when just a little pressure is added... It can't hold the weight. But what I think that God's design is, is that for you that's working at the coffee shop down the street, you're a minister. For you who's a teacher, you're a minister. For you who's a police officer, you're a minister. For the person that has a, you have a, a, a business out there, maybe it's dog grooming or something like that. You're the minister. And when we put all of us together, and now it can hold the weight. It can hold the weight. Because this is how God has designed it. It isn't just for one person or just a couple people to be the ministers. God has called us all to be the ministers. And that's whether you want or you think, no matter what you think, you are a minister if you're a Christian. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're in working at Sassy or working in construction or working at API down the street. You are a minister, and God has specifically designed his church for such way. In the New Testament, we hear all these different ways to describe this. To describe this, we hear a building. We've heard the bride of Christ, but we've also heard the body of Christ. I just want to touch on this for just a moment because Paul is very clear with this in Romans 12. I want to read it to you here. He says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, though many form one body and each member belongs to the others. We have different gifts According to the grace given to each of us, if your gift is prophesying, he says, then prophesy in accordance to your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's a teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, give generosity, uh, generously. And if it's a lead, do it diligently. Show mercy and do it cheerfully. That's for everybody. 
So as we're all taking our different talents, our different unique giftings, our different locations, God is strategically placing each and every one of us in different areas to minister. And you may say, well, I'm just an ordinary guy. I'm just, yep, guess what? That's who God uses. He loves the ordinary. And he loves to do extravagant and wonderful things with the ordinary. You've heard it many times. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Well, sometimes he calls the qualified. I'm going to tell you that. But he, no matter where you are, qualified or not, he always gives the abundance for you to be able to do what you got to do. He always gives abundantly. And again, it's our unique DNA of PCF. This is what we believe, that ministry is infused to it. The idea and the concept, the framework of ministry is that we're all ministers. We all have a place to play. We all have a part to play. Not just a select few. So no matter what you're thinking now, you're thinking, well, not me. I couldn't do it. I'm saying, yes, he already set that into motion. He already calls you a minister. So again, would you look at your neighbor and just say, you're a minister? So now the question is, we know what ministry is. We know what ministry is. We know who the minister is. That's all of us who said yes to Jesus. And number three, this is what I really want to ask, is who are we ministering to? We know what ministry is. It's serving. It's being there. It's loving. We also find out who, we're the minister. Who are we ministering to? Now, as you know that... The mission statement of our church is simple. It's loving God and loving people. And I know for some of you, you just realized that's our mission statement. You thought it was just our Wi-Fi password. <laughs> There's a reason why we do that, right? Loving God, loving people. It's the mission statement every time you have to put it into the Wi-Fi. All right, but listen, that same phrase or statement follows the same order of ministry, and I'm going to show you that right now. Number one, loving God, we're going to look at ministry to God. Now, for some of you, you think to yourself, wait, ministering to God? How am I going to minister to God? And you're not alone. I talked to some people this week, and that was the first question they had. How am I going to minister to God? See, ministry to God can be as simple as this. Worshiping him, spending time with him, spending time in his word, and doing his work. But a lot of times, I think that when we think of ministry, we think of doing something. That's like, I think that's definitely something here that we deal with in the West, is that we feel like we always have to be doing something. But I want you to focus just for a moment on the concept of ministering to God by spending time with God. It doesn't sound like ministry, but it is. It's, it is ministry. And in some cases, listen, in some cases it is ministry to God is doing his work. But in many cases, I believe that the Lord wants to spend time with you. If you read in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis, in 3, it says that he loved God. He was walking with Adam and Eve in the garden. You know why he did that? Because he loved to be around them. He, he wanted that connection of them together, so he walked through the garden with them because it gave him pleasure. And then in Revelation, at the last book of the Bible, we see that God created all of creation for his pleasure. If, you're, if you don't know this, can I just, can I tell you right now, he is so 
desperate for you to minister to him by spending time with him. He longs for you, his beloved. He longs for your attention. He longs for your heart. He longs for you. If you don't believe that, if you don't believe that God wants to spend time with you, it's going to be hard to minister to God. But I want to look, for those of you who know the story of Mary and Martha, I love this, because for those of you who don't know the story, Jesus went to the house of these two sisters, Mary and Martha, and these ladies really wanted to see Jesus. Obviously, they invited him into their home. But while, (laughs) while Martha is busy getting the work done, for her guests, the hospitality. I'm sure she was doing dishes and cleaning and setting the table and making, maybe dusting the things. Isn't it funny how you start dusting things that you never would dust, but you know somebody's coming over, so you're like, we got to dust that, right? I can't see up there, but I bet you there's dust and I got a tall guy coming. You ever have a tall guy coming? I don't know, maybe Jesus was really tall and Martha was all worried that he would see the dust on top of the refrigerator. I'm not sure. But Martha's all busy, 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 doing, 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 and Mary is just basking in the presence of Jesus. And then obviously Martha gets ticked off and says, what are you doing? How could, we got stuff to do and you're just laying here. And Jesus says she made a choice, she made the right choice, and it won't be taken from her. That tells me the heart of God isn't just in the doing, doing, doing. The heart of God, the ministry to God, is us giving and spending time with him. Ministry to God matters, and it should be our first priority. Loving God, loving people, loving God comes first. See, the more time you spend with Jesus, the more time you start acting like Jesus. The more time you talk to him, the more time you start thinking like he would think. And then the more time you spend with him, the more open you are to the Holy Spirit being able to speak to you of what to do. There are so many other reasons why we could get into this of first ministering to the Lord, but for sake of time, I'm going to get to our next point. So we have ministry to God. We know that we're the ministers. We know what ministry is. And so we have ministry to God, and then loving God, loving people, the next portion of that is ministry to one another. Pastor Jeff uh, briefly touched on this a little bit last week with fellowship, but I want to just make the point very clear today that we are secondly supposed to minister to one another in the body of Christ. Paul wrote in Galatians 6, he said, Therefore we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people. In other words, ministry to all people. But then he says, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. What he's saying is we should do good to all people, but especially the people next to you right now. Oh, it got quiet. It got quiet. Because I think there's something about that. I think there's a reason I was thinking this week. You know, I wonder if everybody's just going to agree with that. But I think there's something within us that thinks, well, could you just keep it general to all people Right? If you say all people, then I'm like, okay, I got to be good at all people. But when he makes it specific and says, especially, especially your brethren, especially those who are in the body of Christ, then some of us go, do I have to? Do you know what they're like, God? Like, have you? He's like, yeah, I've been trying to spend time with them. Especially to those who belong to the family of believers. 
So let's see, if we're going to serve someone, I want to serve God first, right? But now I want to serve the people who also see him as God. That's second. And there's a reason for this. I believe that it matters. See, Jesus said in John 13, 34, he said, I have a new commandment for you. Love one another as I have loved you. You must love one another. How did he love us? By giving himself up. By letting himself be a sacrifice for us. But in verse 35, he says, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Can I put it this way? Everyone will know that you're a Christian if you are ministering to other Christians well. Not Listen, the world doesn't know you're a disciple by fighting and quarreling and getting in arguments on Facebook with your Christian friends. That's not, you're, they're not looking at that and going, oh yeah, that's a follower of Jesus. They might be saying that, but now we're given the wrong indication of who, our, who we're following. Jesus says they will know you are a disciple of mine, a minister of mine, by the way you all get along together and love one another, which is serving, is love, is doing acts of service, helping people out. Now, I do want to say, I know for some of you this is really hard, but I do want to encourage you that I believe PCF is very good at loving one another. Sure, we might have some screw-ups here and there, and we'll, you know, that's a family, that happens. But, I mean, I look at just this week, you know, we were praying for Erica, we've been praying for Erica, and so many of you have been reaching out to her, have been giving her meals, that's ministry. For, for Jim Yanzik, Jimmy's dad, we've been praying for him. We've been, some of you have been calling and sending messages or saying things on Facebook that you're praying for him. That is showing the world that we love each other. We're good at that. But we can get better. We can do, always do better. And it's not just the people in our church, although that is. It's also the people at the church down the street that you might not agree with all the way. It's also the people that sometimes drive you crazy. But God is calling us to be ministers to him and ministers to his people. And finally, number three, ministers to the world. Ministry to the world. There is no greater example of ministering to the world than what Jesus displayed in his entire life. He didn't just come for the Jews. No, he came, his people, he also came for the Gentiles. But first, he went to his people. First, he goes to God. We see this all the time. When he went and ministered to God, Jesus did that consistently, spent time with God, the Father. He's here. He has, he has come down as a man. He has shedded anything, anything he could hold on to. It says that he did not cling to. And he came and he is showing us the example of ministry to God. He, he dips away constantly from social situations because he needed to go get refreshed with God. He needed to minister with God, spend time with God. And then he comes for the Jew and then the Gentile, loving God and loving people. Jesus shows it to us specifically. And he lived a life of ministry. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19, says these words... As he's about to go up into heaven, he says, Therefore, go and make disciples to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. What he is saying here is it's not just for me. It's not just for the people, but we need to get this message out. And how does he do that? He uses us, the ministers, to get the message out. 
That's how this thing is supposed to work. You know what's funny is as you're sitting there looking at it, of course, these cans here are standing together. They are united for one purpose. But the purpose is to continue this stack. I'm telling you, I wish I had, I couldn't find more, but we could keep stacking these on top of each other. And that is what God's plan is to do, but it can't be done by just me. It has to be done by all of us, understanding the mission field that God has put us in. Understanding the ministry that he has put us in. See, I was looking, thinking about this. Christianity is incredibly unique as its own in this way because you don't hear... You don't hear Islam saying, hey, we got to go reach out the world. We got to go bring in as many people as possible. No, they say we just got to have a ton of babies and then we all stay secluded and, and hope maybe some people will join us, right? There's not the evangelistic mission field in Islam. There's not that in Judaism either, but it is in Christianity because God isn't just about doing it by himself. He calls you a co-laborer with him. He calls you a co-laborer with him. <clears throat> he says, love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You know, when he said that in Luke 10, it was funny because there was some guys there that are like, well, who's my neighbor? Because what they were thinking is, well, my neighbor is just the people who think like me, who act like me, the people I like. But Jesus, you remember, he gave the, the, the Good Samaritan, he showed us that example after that because he was trying to show the people asking the question, trying to get out of it, the neighbor portion. He's saying, no, no, no. The neighbor is even the person who doesn't think like you, act like you. The neighbor is somebody who isn't even saved. I'll say that to you this morning. But we have to go through it in that order. See, once you start trying to minister to the world before you minister to God, then you are an empty can. I, I did the test with a full can, and then I drank it afterwards, so I don't have it. But I did the test with a full can. It can hold a lot. We got to be full if we're going to go out. But I wanted to say something to you. I, I've been thinking of a good analogy for this, of how to explain your role in this. In this. And I thought of, a, a, this is what I settled on. <clears throat> they have radio stations all over the place. If you didn't know, a lot of them are on uh, Center, Center, Center Road, I think. Center, you, you can see them, WIVB, all those different ones. Now, so are, they are not, that is not the location of where the news is coming from, but that is a beacon for the news to send out the news. And I felt like this week, I was talking to Pastor Scott, and I felt like this week the Lord is trying to get us to understand that y'all are a radio station that's on in a specific space, in a specific location, because he wants you to be the beacon to that area. But if you're thinking, I'm not the beacon, I'm not the tower, that guy's the tower, then your tower isn't doing anything. You're still a tower, but are you the one that's, that's sending out the message? Are you on the one that's ministering in the area that he's called you to? Because I don't know about how many of y'all don't have cell phone reception at your homes. I know some of you aren't. My parents just finally got a new tower up on Stinson Road. But up until that point, it was like a dead zone. And I feel like the Lord is saying, I don't want any dead zones in my church. I want, I want people in their spots believing that they are the ministers, not just to where they're at, but to all the people around them that's in earshot of them. 
And guess what? It all goes back together because the more time you spend with God, the more time you're filled, the more time you have his heart, the more time you're able to minister to the people that are Christians, and then the more you're able to minister to the world. But if we don't see ourselves as extensions of him, then we're like a dead tower that's not, that's not sending anything out. I wanted to tell you today, if you work, I don't know, Blue Seal, or if you work at API, you are a minister to API. You are a minister to Blue Seal. If you work at McDonald's, you're a minister to McDonald's. Now, I can't tell you you're going to get any tax benefits or anything like that. I don't know if you can do any weddings or anything like that, but you are a minister in that area. If, you, if you're thinking, well, all I do, I can already hear it. All I do is work at Moog. Nope, you're a minister to Moog. All I do is stay at home with these kids. You're a minister, mom. You're a minister to those kids. Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. Listen, I'm telling you right now, you're a minister to those kids. You're a minister to your neighbors. Some of you are like, well, I'm retired. What am I a minister? Well, you've got a ton of time to minister. <laughs> when you go to Nellie's, you're a minister. When you're at the DMV, you're miserable. Um, I told you they come out randomly. I said, I don't got any jokes in here. They come out. God has called us all to ministry. Back in when I first moved here, when Jess and I moved back, or Jess moved here and I moved back, I started working uh, here at the church. I was... I was bivocational, so I was working, it was such a weird world, I was working in debt collections and the church. Isn't that funny how that works? It's like, hey, uh, this is Josh calling, uh, this is an attempt to collect a debt, any information we obtained will be used for that purpose. Yeah, this is Pastor Josh. Oh, no, that never happened. I always... I was always worried. What if I get somebody from the church? I mean, gosh. Um, <laughs> but, okay, so when I was in, when I started here at the church, I'm doing that. There was a, I think the day I worked was uh, Tuesdays and Friday, uh, Thursdays at the time or something like that. And I, during the days. And I came in on the Tuesday, well, Jeff called me the day before and said, hey, Josh, bring your work clothes. And I'm, I, you know, I had done ministry before. I'd been at Elam for three years, and I was um, in Myrtle Beach for three years, so I understood ministry. And, but I didn't understand it quite like the way, the way I did that day. For those of you guys who remember uh, Joyce Hackett, uh, her husband uh, Joe, who was with us for many years, awesome man of God, awesome man of God. But boy, he always had a good way to save the church some money. And you know what that spells. Do you know what that spells work? Yep. W-R-K. So I, 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 come in to, I come in, and Joe, Joe has got this big plan that at the end of the parking lot at the time, we were driving over some gravel and then back onto the parking lot, and he said, that ain't right. We need to put down some blacktop. Now I'm thinking, cool, go call the blacktop people or Eldon, and he can go put it in. But no, Joe wanted us to do it ourselves without any of the right tools. <laughs> but he knew, he had, a, he had a heart for this church. I'm telling you, he had a heart for this church. And he had a heart for ministry. And I learned something that day 
Because while I'm there, it was hot. I'm talking, this is August hot. This is like 92 degrees, and you have this hot, If you've never done asphalt before, don't ever do it, okay? But <laughs> it's just, they're, they're pouring it out, and as it's coming out of the truck, you just, your face is melting. You smell these chemicals you know are going to make you have, I mean, that's why our kids are probably the way that they are. I don't know. <laughs> It was a day of reckoning for my life, right? And I was like, this is where I would start working out and started like, I was way more fit than I am. I mean, sweat just dripping. And then I got Joe getting mad at me, calling me a nitwit and a nincompoop and all this, which I cherish those memories. I cherish those memories, trust me. And I'll never forget the words Pastor Jeff said to me that day. And he said it kind of in jest, but he said to me, Josh, welcome to the ministry. And you know how many times he's said that to me over the years? <laughs> or I said it to him. Or Scott has said it to us, or we've said it to Scott, or we say, I said it to Lisette the other day. She was upset with something on the computer. I said, welcome to the ministry. Can I tell you, listen, serving isn't always fun, but it always glorifies God. Amen. Serving isn't just being nice to somebody. Sometimes it's getting your hands dirty as well. Yeah. And for some of you doers like me, ministry to God is so important because that's how you get full. And I know that I, I'm not dumb enough. I, I am dumb, but I'm not dumb enough to real. I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I, I understand that some of you in this place right now are feeling, you feel like you're not enough to hold that. Can I tell you, I feel that every day. And that's my vocation. But can I tell you, he fills us up and he equips us to be able to do what we need to do. But we have to be vessels that are open and willing to be used, that are open and willing for him to fill us, that are open and willing to get our hands dirty with something, or have to love and minister to somebody that we really don't want to in the world and, and in the church. I, I wanted to, I, I don't think I can do this legally, but I want, I want to spiritually ordain you for ministry this morning. And I want to say to you, if, if you're ready for that moment to take, to realize that you are a minister of the gospel, I'm just going to ask you to stand to your feet. That wherever you're at, wherever your location is, that you are a minister. I don't care if you're retired you can, start, you can start the pads. I don't care if you're retired. I don't care if you, if you work a job where you're only seeing two people a day. God has placed you specifically as a minister of the gospel to serve and to love him, love the people in your church, in your church family, and love those around you that aren't even in it yet. And I, and I want to say to you this morning, I want to pray, Father, would you right now, with your Holy Spirit, would you anoint these ladies and, and these gentlemen, would you anoint these men and women right now for your ministry? Lord, would you anoint them to preach the gospel? Would you anoint them right now? God, I am declaring today will be the day that we will take the mantle of the minister that you have called us to be. 
in the locations that we know of, in the locations we don't know of. God, we pray this morning, I pray specifically that every person in this room that feels inadequate, that you would fill them right now with your Holy Spirit. That you would take, as you do that, I can just picture a glass that's full of some junk stuff. And the more he's pouring himself into you, the more all of the insecurities go away, the more all of the, the thinking that, of your, your wrongdoings, of what you've done before. Let him just right now cleanse over for you specifically, would you minister to the Lord this morning? I'm asking you right now, spend time with the Lord. Ask him right in this space that we're in. Ask him, God, what do you think of me? And he is going to unlavish his, his, his plans. I believe that he is going to unleash everything that he's been. He's wanted you to know that you are a child of God, that you are a woman of God, that you are a man of God. No matter what you've done in the past, when you said, yes to Jesus, you became a minister of Jesus. Lord, right now, would you start ministering? I just, just take a minute and just right now, would you please, please just spend some time ministering to the Lord. Oh, we love you, Lord. Oh, we love you, Lord. You are great, Lord. You are wonderful. You are holy. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. There is no can't with God. If you can't, he says, I can. And I believe that the Lord is filling you today with confidence that comes straight from him. It's not on your abilities, it's in his. You get the source from him. I was praying for Andy Hill this week. And I, and, and I had a vision when I was praying for him, and I feel like it's the vision that the Lord wants us to have right now. And it was this idea, I could see Andy, and I can see all of us right now doing the same thing. Andy was drawing from a well. And he was drawing from a well to get, to get water. And what he didn't know was that well had no ending. And it was full of so much. It was full of everything he would ever need. And I felt like the Lord is saying, and I feel like he's saying it to us this morning, that I have everything you need in my well and it never runs dry. You can put your bucket down, you can pull it up, you can do it, and there's no limit. It's like an endless buffet of being able to get whatever you need from the Lord. He's like, oh, you've had too much. Nope. He says, just keep going back, buddy. Keep going back. You don't think you have it? Just keep going back until we're full of him. And I don't know if you've ever ate so much that you want to throw up, but it's awesome. And I want to, I just want to drive so much from him that I am just, I am just full. I'm like coma on the couch full of his presence. Lord, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would fill this place. Lord, that you would fill it. And right now we would be drawing from your well. Right now we would draw from the things. That, well, I can't do that because what I did yesterday. No, no, no. That's getting cleared out in the name of Jesus. He is filling you right now. I believe it. I'm speaking it prophetically. He's, he is filling you right now for the work of his ministry. You think you don't got enough? He's got more than any of us could ever want. But it keeps us wanting more. So Lord, would you just fill us afresh? 
This morning, I want to do something additional. In a moment, we're going to be praying. I want parents to be praying for their kids. But right now, I want to follow that line. We ministry to the Lord. Right now, let's minister to each other. Would you grab somebody to your left, to your right? And I just, here's how I want you to minister. I just want you to pray blessings over them. I just want you to pray blessings over your neighbor. Even go to the person maybe you don't even like. Go to that person right now. Go to somebody that, that it's, maybe it's a little challenging or you don't even know who they are. And I want you to pray blessings over their life. Not, life for the next couple minutes. Just blessings over their finances, over their spiritual life, over their parenting, over their grandparenting, whatever that is. Right now, let's just be the church of ministers and go and pray for those. All right, right now, if you're still ministering with somebody, that's fine, but I want parents would you grab your kids? And right now, parents, this is your mission field. You are ministering to your parents. If you're here today and you don't have any children with you, you can pray for your children that aren't here. If you don't have any children, would you pray for the other children that are in this room? You could just go over and we're going to do this together. But parents, a lot of times we have somebody pray for your children up front, a blessing. Today it's your turn to be the minister and to bless your children. Bless their, your children, their giftings. Bless what they're going to do in their lives. If you don't know what to pray for, just pray the will that you want, the prayer that you have for them because God has put good things in your heart for your children. So you can pray whatever comes out. Just pray blessings over your children. Just do that for the next few minutes here and then we'll dismiss in just a moment. But if you, again, if you don't have children with you right now, pray for your children. If you want to pray for other kids in this room, go up to the parents and pray for them as well. Let's do this together. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for, that was refreshing, wasn't it? I believe this is what, this is what, I believe this is what heaven will be like. I believe this is God's design to be with his people, for us to be with him, us to be together, ministering together, and then ministering to the world to bring them in. I just want to pray for you one last time before we leave. Father, thank you for the ministers in this room. Thank you for the, the moms, the dads, the grandmas, the grandpas, the aunts, the uncles. Thank you for, thank you for those who work in, in factories and those who are in the teaching uh, are in teaching and are in the schools. I thank you for the moms that are home. I thank you, Lord, for I thank you, Lord, for the person that's delivering pizza. God, thank you for putting us all in different locations. Open up our eyes, Lord, to see the beacon that we are. Open up our eyes to see the extension that we are, so that when we go from this place, we can minister to the world. Lord, when we go from this place, we can minister to the world and bring them into your kingdom. Lord, again, we thank you. We thank you for this model of ministry that's wrapped up into our DNA where it's not just one guy, it's not just a couple guys, it's not just a, a few people, but it's all of us. And we thank you for that. And once again, Lord, we're so thankful for human life. We thank you that you have given us life in the natural and in the supernatural. 
And Lord, let us continue to fight that cause of life and stand for those who don't have a voice. In Jesus' mighty name, we all said, amen, amen. Well, God bless you as you go. Thank you for your time. We love you guys. And uh, go Bills. <laughs>